And we're carrying on from where John got up to last week. Um, So it's Luke chapter 11. Uh, It's up there, 24 to 36. So quite a lot, actually. Right. Okay, once you've got it, just relax for a bit. We'll read it in a minute. So here we have a load of newspapers, all right? Now we're told that in this current sort of what we're calling the information age, that the amount of information we receive every day is about the equivalent of 174 newspapers. So you can imagine sitting down and actually reading 174 newspapers. Probably not, because as we look at information, we naturally screen it out. The more we get used to it, the more we screen it out, disregard it. Um, if you, my mum's recently got um, a laptop. She's not very good on computers, but when she goes to her email, she, she goes, what's that, what's that, what's that, what's that, what's that? And what's she doing? She's looking at all the adverts. Nobody looks at them, do they? Because they screen them out. But if you're new to it, you're like, oh, what's going on? You're trying to read everything. It takes hours. (laughs) Um, So information we get given, we kind of, some of it we don't even see anymore. Some of it we very quickly decide, I don't want it. Um, And some of it, the very rare bits of it, we will actually take notice of. So I want you to have a little bit of a chat. You don't have to, but if you want to. Um, I want you to think um, of situations where it's foolish to ignore what is being communicated to you, unwise to ignore what is being communicated to you, or dangerous to ignore what is being communicated to you. So have a little think. You can tell the person next to you if you're that kind of person. I like to talk, but if you don't, Doing your head, it's fine. Give you a couple of minutes. Okay, that's, that's all you're getting. So if you'd like to, if you're feeling confident, would anyone like to shout out something? Go on then, Stella. Pardon? A fire alarm. So if you ignored that bit of information being communicated to you, would you describe that as foolish, unwise, or dangerous? All of them. Okay, but definitely dangerous. Anything else? Anyone got something that might, maybe not dangerous, but it's foolish or unwise? Anyone got one of them? Like that. Health warnings. So if you're given a warning, if you don't, you know, stop eating so much lard every day, you're going to have, you know, it's going to be not good for you. Foolish or unwise? Probably unwise. Okay. Speed limits. Ignore that. Unwise or foolish? both. Anyone got something they just think is completely foolish? (laughs) Bless you. (laughs) Hmm. 
<laughs> right, all right then. Okay, so let's crack on after that. <laughs> okay. In Jesus' time, uh, we got this picture of, um, often when speakers talk, they talk about the men sitting at the gates. So you can imagine all sitting round and they're like stroking their beards and all this and discussing and debating. But it appears from what we read in this passage, they were just as quick to kind of disregard stuff as we do. We just go, well, I'm not listening to that. It's really rubbish. But I've made my opinion. That's my opinion. It's done sort of thing. And last week, when John was speaking, he talked about this bustling crowd that had gathered around Jesus. Uh, They were quite opinionated, all had something to say about what was going on. And Jesus, in the middle of this crowd, he'd forced out an evil spirit from this guy. Um, So before he wasn't able to speak, but after he was able to speak. His wife may have been pleased or unpleased. (laughs) No. (laughs) But if you imagine this guy, his life was probably quite traumatized. I mean, it's ongoing. This spirit's been oppressing him. He's not able to communicate with his children. He can't, you know, sit at the gate and discuss with the men so well. He has to write everything down, even if he even if he can write, for that matter. It's going to be a painstaking process. And the frustration that he must have felt. And Jesus has come in, and he's just gone, bam, that's it, you're free. And the crowd are utterly amazed at what they can see. They are utterly amazed. But some doubt, some discredit, okay? Uh, So there's one crowd that go. All right, we can't say you didn't do it, but what you did do, you must be more evil than the thing inside this man. A bit weird. The other guys say, well, we've seen this, and yeah, it's pretty good. Anything else? They are there for the show. And Jesus responds to me, he says, basically, you're not going to get a show. I'm not like a performing monkey for you guys. Um, I'm not going to do it. There were plenty of examples in the New Testament of people who went to Jesus and all they wanted was a show. They just wanted to listen to him or see him do something. But they were never actually interested in him. And that's the case we've got here. We read that Jesus knew what they were thinking Okay, he knew what they were thinking in their head. So even if they weren't saying out loud this sort of stuff, he knew he had that kind of supernatural ability to know what this crowd was thinking. Um, and he says this. He says, if you're not on my side, you are against me. And if you don't gather in the crop with me, you scatter. So if you don't join me in what I'm doing, then you're not helping. You're, doing, you're working for the enemy. So, he's saying, basically, to not do, to not listen to him, to not be on his side, is not a good place to be. And in the following passage, he's going to show, he's going to say to them, it's not very nice, it's not a pretty passage to read. He certainly was not, uh, in this passage, your kind of meek and mild Jesus. No, he was really telling them, you guys need to sit up and listen to what I'm saying. So he not only tells them that it's dangerous to ignore what he's saying, he not even tells them it's unwise, but he goes flat out and tells them it's foolish to ignore what I'm saying. So let's read it together. It's verse 24. 
And we're going to go right through to 36. Let me find it. Da, 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 24. So, um, and my book is the blue one. It's page 1043. It might come up. I don't know. Okay. When an evil spirit comes out of a man, remember that's what's just happened, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. When it then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that man is worse than the first. As Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd called out, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. He replied, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. As the crowds increased, Jesus said, this is a wicked generation. It asks for a miraculous sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah was a sign to the Ninevites, so also will the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of Sheba will rise at the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom, and now one greater than Solomon is here. These men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now one greater than Jonah is here. No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, he puts it on its stand so that those who will come in and see may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are good, your whole body also is full of light. But when they are bad, your body also is full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if the whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be completely lighted. And when the light, and when the light of a lamp shines on you, as when, sorry, as when the light of the lamp shines on you. And we're going to stop there. Right, so it's quite a long one. We're going to break it into four bits, okay? Um, four kind of short warnings and calls that Jesus makes. So, number one. Okay, rejecting Jesus is, okay, dangerous. Okay, this is his first point. So he tells us really unusual parable, doesn't he? Um, remember, a parable is to teach us something. So in the case of the woman who is searching for a lost coin, it's not a story about looking after your money, is it? It's a story about God's heart and his passion to search for us who he treasures so much. He adores us, okay? So it's a story with a meaning, And in this story, he describes a situation where an evil spirit has been cast out, okay? Remember, this has just happened, so it it makes sense to use an illustration from this, okay? Um, It's a good one to get everyone's attention. Now, the spirit travels around looking for a new home. It's been kicked out, a bit like being um, evicted from squatting in someone's house, Okay, and off it goes. And meanwhile, this guy gets his life together. Everything's going well. Maybe he's, you know, if it's the mute guy, he gets a job. Everything's going well. It's going good for him. He starts enjoying life. He's been completely freed. 
But because this evil spirit can't find anywhere, he says, hey, I think I'll just go home because it was so nice there. I had a good life there. And when it gets back, it's all swept and it's nice and it's clean. And it not only moves in itself, but it moves in seven other spirits. So the situation is worse than it was before. Now, remember, this is a parable, okay? Put that in your heads. So what's it about? Now, Jesus wouldn't have delighted in casting out spirits if he thought that the situation of the person a few weeks later or a few months later was going to be worse than it was when he did it in the first place. He's not going to be doing that so that seven more join. Okay. Now, remember, he's talking to this pressing crowd on every side. They're pushing in. Um, And perhaps they've been following him place to place. They've been experiencing him. They've been seeing him do things. Um, People, they're really happy to watch what he's doing. They don't mind doing that at all. Wow, come and see what Jesus is doing. He's done this amazing thing. Look, he's healed somebody again. He cast out spirit. So they've seen these miracles and they've been listening to his words. But there's something about this crowd. There are a lot of people in this crowd that aren't willing to accept him or actually what he's teaching. They like the show. They experience it. Maybe some of them have experienced it firsthand. Jesus has spoke directly to them or he's um, healed them of something. They're following him around and yet they're not. They're still doubting. They're still going, well, just show us one more thing. Would you mind? I just, I'm not quite sure yet what this is about. Or I'm not really sure how you're doing that. So I'm just going to hold back and check that everyone's in agreement with me first. Jesus here is taking, he's warning them really seriously with this horrific image, okay? He wants to show them that experiencing his power and him is not enough, If they don't actually welcome him into their lives, he's saying you're spiritually worse off than you were before. If you don't actually say, Jesus, yes, I want you in my life, in this picture, in my house. If you don't actually want me in, if you keep rejecting me, keep saying, I'm not really sure I want to invite you in yet. I'm not really sure that I want you in here. Then spiritually, Jesus is saying, that's a dangerous place. You are worse off than you were. He's saying, spiritually, it's like having a house and leaving the back door wide open and anyone can come in. Because, you know, we're created, aren't we, to worship God, to love God, to receive from him. We're spiritual beings, created to be in relationship with him and if we're not in that relationship then there's going to be this void this gap and something or someone is going to fill that so Jesus is saying you're worse off if you don't accept me so it's scary but Jesus wants it to be he wants to say you're in a dangerous situation here you need me in your life I'm going to hold that. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> Number two. <clears throat> oh, there's my back door. Rejecting Jesus means missing out on true blessing. Is this on? Yeah. Okay. What happens next? Well, 
He's talking this stuff. Everyone's going, not really sure what this guy's on about. Some people are going, oh, I get it. Other people are going, hmm, what's going on here? And a woman cries out from the crowd. She says, the woman who gave birth to you and nursed you is blessed. So she's bursting out. She's got something to say. Well, that's what it says in the New King James. (laughs) Let's move on. Anyway, she's basically saying, your mum must be dead proud. That's what she's saying here. Your mum must be dead proud of you. So she wants to tell Jesus how great he is. Okay. She wants to um, give him a blessing. Okay. She wants to kind of flatter him a little bit, doesn't she here? But Jesus replies, thanks, that's really nice of you. Thank you so much. My mum is proud of me. Yeah, it's okay. But he says, you'd be more happy if you actually did what I said you need to do. You'd be more happy if you actually did what I said you need to do. You see, what he's saying is it doesn't really matter how much you are associated with Jesus. He's saying it doesn't matter if you see him a lot, you follow him around, you're following him to see his miracles, or in our case, you go into church, or you do a Bible study, or even if you're some kind of big religious hotshot, it doesn't matter. He's saying it doesn't even matter if you're my mum, and she can't get any closer. Actually, what matters, what really will mean blessings, what really will mean happiness, what really will mean that God is really showering you with blessings and joy and happiness, this is where you're going to find it, is if you're actually doing what I say. It's no good you guys just come in every week and watch me do miracles. You need to get on and do what I say and that's where you're going to find real joy and real blessings. Number three, rejecting Jesus is unwise. Okay, unwise. So next we've got this story of the Ninevites and the Queen of Sheba. Now, um, remember, Ninevites is the story of Jonah. It's a kind of book that you give to children. Jonah gets eaten by the whale, spitting out and all that sort of stuff. But remember, the Ninevites were these horrendous people. They were absolutely awful. They were so bad. Imagine now, I want you to imagine... Uh, some really bad stuff, okay, that human beings are capable of. Okay, put that in your mind. You don't have to go very far to to think of that. And God is so despairing with these people that he is actually going to get rid of them because their actions are so damaging to his creation and his created beings. Okay? But he doesn't do that straight away. He sends Jonah to go and warn them, to go and say, look, you need to stop this and change or God has really had enough with you. Now, Jonah doesn't want to go. In fact, that's why he runs off. He He ends up in the fish because he says, they don't deserve it. They don't deserve this mercy and goodness. They're terrible people. I remember eventually he goes and he gives it and then they repent, they turn and God doesn't do this. And then Jonah has a complete meltdown, stomping his feet because he's so irate at the mercy of God and the injustice that he thinks has taken place. 
So we've got that. Then on the second bit, we've got Sheba, who is this queen who came to see King Solomon, the most wise of all the kings of Israel. So he's the one that wrote the, the Song of Songs. He wrote the, um, you know, the Proverbs. He's in there. He's got wisdom to share with people. And she traveled halfway around the earth to listen to him because she recognized that God was talking through him. Okay? Now... He's saying, look, guys, these two examples were people that didn't even claim to know God at all. And look how they responded when they heard the word of God. They recognized that it was from God. And yet, someone greater here, and you don't seem able to see it. Not listening to me is unwise wise saying these people they didn't need any more to convince them that it was the word of God and yet you keep asking for more and more and more these are the kind of people that always want to see a bit more they always want to hear a bit more they always want to debate a bit more they always want to find something else to convince them but actually all, everything they need is already there. That actually the truth, the underlying truth is, I don't really want Jesus. Finally, foolish. Rejecting Jesus is foolish. Uh, the little cartoon, if you can't read it, says, I'm leaving you, Gilbert. You can keep the bowl, but I'm taking the water and all the colored stones. <laughs> okay. Jesus next, his next illustration is quite frankly ridiculous, okay? It's the stupidest person you could probably find. Here they are in a dark house, pitch black, so they think, oh, it would be quite nice to light a lamp. Pitching, there's the lamp. Oh, where shall I put it? Oh, a shelf over here. Um, oh, I know, there's a really nice shelf downstairs in the basement. So off they go, and they put it in the basement. Okay, that's better. Uh, No, actually, no, it's not. And Jesus says, you know, the people, um, you know, doing this are are completely foolish. Everyone in this crowd knows how foolish this person is. But he's saying, the people who hear my words, you guys are doing exactly the same thing. You hear my words. In the Bible, Jesus is uh, described as the light of the world. In the Psalms, the word of God is a lamp to our feet. It's supposed to guide and show you where to go. These people get a bit of light from Jesus, and they go, "Mm, what shall I do with this? Um, Oh, i just put it over here. That's a bit better. Ah, Oh, isn't that lovely? Oh, really good teaching. Oh, I love that. Oh, really impacting me today. Oh, I just pop it over here, because that'll be safe. Or the person that goes, oh, that's a nice bit of teaching, but it's a, I don't know. I'm not sure what to do with it. I just put a little lamp, I just put a little something over there. I'll come back to it later. Jesus is saying, no, this is like the person who is, they go to endless meetings, don't they? Endless stuff. And they go, oh, it's really impacting me today. And I was really impressed by that speaker. And, oh, they put it in such a good way. But then they don't actually do anything with the light. And we're all like that. This is not, we are all like that. Let's just put our hands up and say we're all like that. There are bits of scripture that we say, 
Are we sure what Jesus meant there? I'm just going to put it over there for a bit. Or, oh, that just seems a little bit too hard for me. He couldn't really have meant that, could he? I'll just put it over there. I think for us, it's about wrestling with those bits, isn't it? It's about saying, I'm not sure what to do with it, but I'm not willing to just put a bucket over it. I want to wrestle with what that actually means for me today. I'm not willing to just say, that's impacting me, but I don't know what to do with it, so I'll just put it on a nice shelf in my basement. Okay? That's where he's going here. Jesus says, I'm not going to give you, in this passage, he says, I'm not going to give you any more signs. I'm not going to do any more for you. You've got enough already. He says, the only thing I'm going to give you is the sign of Jonah. Do you remember? Jonah went into the fish, and he was there for three days, and they were spat out. So in a picture of resurrection. He said, that's the only thing I'm going to show you now. That's it for you guys. There's only one thing you need to see. And that is this. Jesus was heading, wasn't he? He was heading to Jerusalem to die for these guys. He hasn't given up on them. He loves them desperately. And he's not going to just say, oh, I can't be bothered actually to go and die for you now. He loves them. And he is going to Jerusalem. And when he gets there, he's going to be spat on. And he's going to be whipped. And he's going to be beaten. And he's not just going to say, Actually, I can't be bothered now. I think I'll just go back to heaven. No, he goes on because he passionately loves them. And when Jesus gives us a hard word or something like that or something we want to hide, it isn't because he doesn't love us or want the best for us. Remember he said, the true blessing, the true happiness comes when you live out my words. He says, I want the best for you. If you do what I do, this is the best for you. It isn't because I don't love you, but I want to warn you and I want to keep pushing you on to be the best that you can be. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Through the cross, all is forgiven. Whatever we've done, whatever we've thought, no matter how depraved, remember the Ninevites? Nothing would stop the love of God. And in our actions, in our doing, that isn't how we become right with God, isn't it? We mustn't be confused with this. That actually doing equals right with God. This, this equals right with God. But Jesus is saying, I want the best for you. Stop just listening to what I say. Let's get on and do it. I want the best for you. It's foolish to ignore Jesus' teaching because his spirit and words lived out bring true happiness. It is unwise to ignore his teaching because he wants the best for you the best way to live, the most fulfilling way to live. And he's waiting for a decision from you. And finally, it's dangerous to ignore it because we are created for him to receive that passionate love that he has for us. 
and to serve and love him in return. Jesus said, the one who listens to you listens to me, and the one who rejects me rejects the one who sent me. And in this, he's talking about his father. He's talking about God. He's saying, we're speaking from the same page of the book. My words are his words. His words are my words. And perhaps today, some of us are feeling a bit foolish. We hear Jesus teaching but we're hiding bits of it. They're under a little cloth, maybe. No one really knows. No one knows except you and Jesus. No one's, and Jesus comes and he says, you know, when he came, he said, I didn't come to condemn you. He never came. He came to save. He doesn't want you to uncover the cloth because he wants to go, oh, you've been so naughty. No. He'll say, come on, let's uncover that and let's explore that together because I want the best for you in your life. Perhaps there's some that have been unwise here today. You've been putting off making a decision. You want further evidence. You want more experience. You want more examples. Perhaps now, today, is the time to examine that. Maybe it is that you just don't want Jesus. But if you do want him, then get him today with both hands. And finally... Perhaps some people have rejected Jesus, chose to believe something else, and that spiritual part of your life is full of something else that maybe is feeling great. Don't get me wrong, there are good things in the world that we can fill ourselves up with. God created an amazing world, but it won't be as good as that spiritual union of coming into relationship with God and knowing his power and his love in your life. So let's just pray. We're going to just bow our heads. We're going to pray. We're going to think. And we're going to ask Jesus just to speak to us now. So we're going to allow the Spirit just to come amongst us and speak into our situation, whatever's going on for us. Father, we thank you that you passionately love us. And like a father, you want to correct us. You love us so much. And we ask that your Holy Spirit would just come upon us now. Your Holy Spirit come in power in this place and that you speak to each one of us into our hearts. Some of us, Father, need, we need your, your rebuking, I guess. We need your challenge and some of us need your comfort and some of us need to know your loving arms around us that whatever we've done, we are so safe in you. Come, Holy Spirit.